I'm Aaron Hinkin. This is the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. Hi, I'm Ramsey Mahavitz, and my question is, what's the deal with lake trout? Ramsey, you're referring to this uh, Baltimore carryout dish that's kind of like a fish and chips, sort of a fried fish thing, yeah? Yeah, exactly. I see it all over town. I even stop in these places sometimes. Usually I'm a chicken person, and, you know, they will tell you that there's different fish. Uh, One of them is lake trout, and I'm just curious, is it trout, and does it come from lakes? Have you ever tried this fried fish dish, lake trout? <laughs> um, I'm afraid I have not. I'm, it's, uh, I'm a little wimpy about bones in, and when I see it on the menu, it usually has a tail sticking out of it or bones in it, so I usually choose something else. So No, I have not yet had it. Well, that leaves a pretty obvious starting point for this story. I'm going to see what I can figure out for you, Ramsey. Okay, I can't wait to learn. I'm here at uh, Northeast Market on Monument Street in East Baltimore. This is a city market where there's a a food stall that does a brisk business selling lake trout. And I brought a friend along with me for lunch today, someone who knows far more about Baltimore food than I do. Uh, Simone Phillips is the mastermind behind the Baltimore food blog, Charm City Table. And uh, Simone, I want to thank you for taking the time to come out to lunch today. Yes, thanks for having me. I'm excited to be here. Tell me uh, a little bit about your adventures through Baltimore cuisine and and Charm City Table. Absolutely. So Charm City Table is mostly run on Instagram and Twitter. And the goal of starting it was really to celebrate Baltimore's thriving food scene. I looked around and there were a few accounts and I just didn't see a lot of celebration for Baltimore's food scene. So I was really excited. And I'm also a big fan of dining out. And of course, my specialty is always hidden gems. I love finding a good spot that's just you know, not widely talked about, but is amazing, so. Are you pretty familiar with Northeast Market and the food scene here? I am. I love Baltimore's public markets. Northeast Market has become my favorite one recently because, they, like I said, they have a little bit of everything. You can get anything from your chicken box to, you know, oxtails to make it home to lake trout, which, you know, we're going to have a little bit of. So Northeast Market is actually my favorite uh, Baltimore, like, food public market. Well, let's go... uh order up some lake trout, shall we? All right, let's do it. Okay, so here's the spot. Home barbecue and fish. Lake trout on the menu. $13 with two sides. Uh, They're busy behind the counter. Lots of stuff on the grill, sizzling. And uh, we're just waiting our turn to order here. Uh, Can we get two orders of the lake trout? I wanted to get mac and cheese and greens with mine. Let's do cabbage. Are you a cabbage guy? Uh, Let's try the cabbage and the sweet potatoes. Oh my God, I'm getting hungry now, standing next to the counter where everything's grilling, right? Yes. The smells are coming in here, that chopping on the grill, it just kind of gets you ready. <laughs> and I'm hungry too. I don't think I've eaten anything all day besides the yogurt, so I'm very ready to eat. I got to say, uh, it's been a little while since I've been in here at Northeast Market, and I'm really, I'm happy to see that it's kind of bustling. There's people in here, yeah. and business is happening. I mean, everybody's got their masks on, but... People are still coming out and getting their food in person, which is encouraging. I know as a food blogger, that's obviously of interest to you. And part of your job, I guess, is keeping those restaurants on people's radar. Yeah, I mean, uh, these public markets, especially, you know, in the neighborhoods that they're in, you know, people come here to do some of their grocery shopping at times. And they can also come here and grab, you know, a quick pre-made or made-to-order lunch or dinner. So it's always nice to see Northeast Market, especially after COVID, you know, still thriving, people hanging out, eating lunch, doing their shopping. Oh, is that ours? Look at that. 
That is crazy looking. We have lots and lots of lake trout in our box over there. I like their It's portions. busting out of the box. You can't even close the lid. It's bursting out of the box. Quite a little. Thank you. Thank you very much. The bag is like 15 pounds. It is. It's heavy. And the boxes, look, they have a rubber band around it holding it shut. You can oh, see that fish tail poking right out of the side. Yeah. Poking right out. Oh my God. We're looking at a lot of lake trout. I mean, this looks like, I would say, two or three gigantic pieces of fish. The tail is still on, so we have the bone in. We're going to put a little hot sauce on top, but we're looking at good fried crunchy fish and some soul food looking sides. Let's get in here. Picking off the fish is super flaky. Hot, almost burned my <laughs> I know, it's steaming. You can yeah. see the steam coming out of there. You can see the steam coming out. It's very crispy, very well seasoned. I got to get my hot sauce because I left my hot sauce up there, but my mom would kill me if I did not mention that you can also eat your lake trout and a lot of Baltimore foods really with mustard. You can put a little mustard on your fish, even on your crab cake. You, you get yellow mustard and you put it on top of there and eat it. So I didn't want to just make it a hot sauce only thing. Mustard is also like a Baltimore classic for putting on your seafood, believe it or not. <laughs> you got to watch out for bones when you're eating this, yeah? There's lots of little bones in there. Honestly, I've been eating it so long. Besides, like, the big ones, I kind of chew through those tiny bones. <laughs> but, yes, watch out for bones if you're new to this uh, lake trout situation. So, i got to say, Simone, this is delicious, and I am grateful to have uh, had the opportunity to come out and experience this uh, Baltimore delicacy with you, lake trout. What do you know about this fish, uh, like where it comes from and stuff? You know, I've been doing a little digging and haven't found, you know, a very tight story on how it got its name, but I know for sure it's not from a lake, nor is it actually trout. So, interesting name it has. So, let me repeat what Simone just said there about lake trout. Not from a lake and not trout. This seems like a bold possibly heretical claim, right? So I just want to make sure we get confirmation on this from the scientific community. Hello, my name is uh, Eric Slokovitz. I'm the Recreational Fisheries Outreach Coordinator for Maryland DNR Fishing and Boating Services. Mr. Slokovitz says Simone is 100% correct. Lake trout, not a trout and not from a lake. And the, <laughs> and the other interesting thing is we really have no natural lakes in Maryland. We have some artificial lakes and reservoirs, and we have the Chesapeake Bay. And, you know, the funny thing is that this fish known as the lake trout doesn't come from any of those areas. Um, it is actually a silver hake, uh, which is related to the cod family, uh, also get known as gadidae to fishery scientists. And uh, it's found uh, off the mid-Atlantic coast, but mostly up off New England, New Jersey, and also uh, Long Island. I actually grew up on Long Island, and back in the late 70s and early 80s, I remember seeing this fish in uh, my local fish market. Uh, so, uh, yeah, it's an it's a offshore sort of New England uh, northern, northern fish. So... <laughs> You've already uh, taught me something else that I didn't know really anything about, which is that Maryland has no naturally occurring lakes. Is that how can that be? That's crazy. Right, right. Um, no true natural lakes. Uh, Deep Creek Lake is actually a reservoir. Technically, we have some 
smaller kettle ponds, but no true large natural lakes. That's correct. So lake trout, not from a lake, not a trout. It is a coast offshore coastal fish called a silver hake. It's called a um, silver hake. That's right. Um, what does it look like? What, um, what is it trout-like in any way? Right. So it is not trout-like in any way. My best description of it would be a skinny, narrow fish with a, a very pointed snout and sharp teeth. So really looks nothing like a trout at all, which kind of makes this whole thing even more curious. <laughs> right, right. right. How, do you uh, know how these fish are caught? I don't imagine they're caught one at a time on a fly rod like a trout. Right. They're, they're fished commercially and at large scale, I assume. Correct. So at this point, they are fished commercially using offshore trawl nets. Now, historically, there was an inshore run of these large silver hake off uh, uh, Long Island and New Jersey. Uh, they were known as, as whiting or frost fish. And they would often come into the beaches feeding on small minnows and sand eels and other fish during the winter. They were known as frost fish because they would sometimes wash up on the beach while chasing prey and then sort of become frozen. So they became known as frost fish. So this is a fish that has uh, several names. Do you have any idea how it came to be known as lake trout in Baltimore? Um, I, You know... I, I, I don't know the exact reasoning behind the name, but I can say it's, it's unique to Baltimore City. And just generally, these market names are just something that the customer kind of feels comfortable with and can relate to. You know, maybe Silver Hake, the actual name Silver Hake was maybe something that consumers in Baltimore had a hard time embracing and this name lake trout you know just came up as sort of an attractive market name like chilean sea bass that's a really cool sounding name and it's a really popular item in restaurants but it's actually the patagonian toothfish so <laughs> but see there you go that the toothfish doesn't really sound very attractive so chefs and restaurants came up with this name chilean sea bass your theory is that there's some creative marketing behind this, this yeah. name Lake Trout. I, I can go with that. Yeah, cr creative marketing. And, and, you know, people do are familiar with trout in Maryland. We have, uh, we stock rainbow trout every year. We stock some brown trout. We have native brook trout. We have three species of trout in Maryland. People like to fish for them and, and, and eat them. So maybe it was just the name that people could sort of latch onto and embrace. It was just more familiar sounding. You know, I, that's about all I can really say on that because I, you know, I don't really know how else it, it came about. <laughs> Eric Slokovitz is the Recreational Fisheries Outreach Coordinator for the Maryland Department of Natural Resources. After the break, we will get to the bottom of why lake trout came to be called lake trout. I'll give you a hint. It has to do with the Baltimore accent. You're listening to the Maryland Curiosity Bureau. More in a moment. I'm uh, John Shields. I'm from Gertrude's Chesapeake Kitchen. I'm the chef owner and uh, 
a.k.a. Mr. Crab Cake. John, you are uh, an award-winning chef. You were, uh, as well as being a TV cooking star and the author of uh, three Chesapeake Bay cookbooks. Uh, My first question for you, sir, is um, have you at some point along your celebrated culinary path tasted this breaded, deep-fried Baltimore phenomenon known as lake trout? And if so, what did you think? Absolutely. Of course, I grew up in Baltimore. I had to have lake trout and and, uh, I love it. I mean, I love seafood and I love a fried fish and a fried fish sandwich. You can't get better. Yeah. I have at this point in the story, Chef, gone out for lunch with a Baltimore food blogger and uh, had a little taste testing session of some lake trout. I've spoken with a fisheries expert from the Department of Natural Resources about the uh, actual scientific story behind lake trout, which is the fact that it is silver hake, a coastal fish. But I tell you what I haven't heard yet is just the cultural history behind how lake trout became this carryout thing in Baltimore and how it ended up with the name lake trout. What do you know about that? Well, there's a lot of uh, folklore around this and so many tales and so many families have different ideas on it. So I've done some research in over the years, at least for the last 40 years about this. And one of my go-to guys was um, Tommy Shiguris of Nick's Inner Harbor Seafood. And um, those were the days when they actually, you know, had tons of seafood down there. And he said it got really popular in the beginning of the 19th the late 19th century, beginning of the early 20th century. And, you know, obviously the, the, the one thing everybody wants to know, what kind of trout is that? Well, it's not trout. I mean, according to Tommy, it is not a trout. It actually is a large whiting, uh, comes from up off the New England coast. And for some reason, the boats that would come in always came in at the end of the day. And they were saying late trout, and it came out as lake trout uh, with the Baltimore accent. And um, he said that is how the, the whole thing started. And it worked really well, that particular size of fish and flavor of fish for frying up well. And um, it just, you know, it's it started, you know, so many, many, many years ago. And, you know, instead of saying, oh, it's late, they come out lake. So that's according to Tommy. And and I got that um, from Fadley's as well, that there was some, you know, validity to, the, to that um, of, of the, the, the history on the lake trout. So what I'm hearing you say, Chef, is that this is its name is entirely based in a miscommunication, a game of uh, telephone that went awry between the boats that were unloading the fish and the people who were hearing what was getting unloaded. Yep, absolutely. Absolutely. And, you know, the the filet actually looked kind of like a a trout filet. And um, as the boats were coming in, as they were pulling into the docks, the guys on the boats, they would call that out, you know, like trout, like trout. And um, that's how it, it stuck. Amazing. Let me ask you, uh, Chef, about this uh, fish and what you know about it in terms of its flavor profile. I mean, have you worked with this fish in recipes of your own as a chef? What's what's oh, its yeah. reputation? Oh, I, well, I like, I mean, I just like whiting. Whiting's a really good fish. 
Um, it's got a real sweet flavor. It's flaky. There's enough firmness in it, but you still got that kind of little bit of flaky things with it. It, it works well for fish and chips. Yeah, it's a great fish. You know, whiting is really, really a great fish. So I've been using it for, for a long time. You know, I've learned a lot of things, surprising things this episode of the show, uh, including the fact that uh, Maryland has no naturally occurring lakes, <laughs> that lake trout uh-huh. is not a trout, uh, <laughs> the, that the name came from an accident, a misunderstanding. But I guess, you know, if I had to have a final thought here at the end of this story, I think, th- I think what I've learned also is just to respect the pure Epicurean allure of breading and deep frying something. I'm guessing as a chef, you know this to be true as well. Absolutely. The, you know, you, you give somebody, a, a lot of times people say, I don't like fried food or I don't like fried catfish or I don't like uh, fried crab cakes. Once you put it in that deep fryer and you get it and it's got that wonderful crust on it, they just light up. So uh, you can fry just about anything and uh, you're going to keep people happy. <laughs> Chef John Shields, culinary ambassador to the Chesapeake Bay and head of the nonprofit OurCommonTable.org. We're going to circle back around to our listener now who asked this week's question about lake trout. Ramsey Mahavitz, you got an answer and then some this week. What are you left thinking here at the end of this episode? So my initial reaction is complete validation. I'm so glad it was such a good question um, and took you to many uh, different places to look for the answers. But um, that's hilarious that it's a communication breakdown and a Baltimore accent that led us to this local uh, lake trout is actually what, late whiting or sea hake? Is that what we call it? Yeah. Yeah, silver hake or whiting. That's, uh, yeah, that's, that's what the fish actually is. Yeah, came late on the boat. Are you... Any more inclined to take that leap of faith and uh, go to a local market and order yourself a carry-out uh, lake trout dish? Yeah, totally. I mean, obviously, now that I've done this question, I need to go out and, and eat it. So I will, I will give it a shot. I'm curious, does it come without bones? You can get boneless lake trout. Now, what that actually is, who knows? That could be an entire different episode. They call it boneless lake trout, but uh, I don't know. We may have to do a sequel to this episode. But yes, you can get something called boneless lake trout. Okay, all right. We'll give it a try. Ramsey, this was uh, an excellent question. I learned a lot this episode. Thank you so much. Thank you for going and finding the answer. That was awesome. I love this show. A couple of quick plugs here before we get ready to wrap up the show this week. I want to give a shout out to my lunch date this episode, Simone Phillips, award-winning food blogger at charmcitytable.com. Also, thanks to Eric Slokovitz from the Department of Natural Resources. You can find out all about the fish you actually can catch in Maryland at dnr.maryland.gov fisheries. And thanks also to Chef John Shields. You can see everything he's got cooking at johnshields.com. And uh, here's one more website for you, wypr.org slash curiosity. That is the page for this podcast where you can hit me up with a question of your own. You can see other listeners' questions. You can vote on what story you think I ought to report next. And, uh, of course, that's also where you can find the full archive of Maryland Curiosity Bureau stories. The page again, wypr.org slash curiosity. And um, 
By the way, if you like what you hear on the podcast and you've got a minute to spare, do me a favor and write us a review on Apple Podcasts or whatever platform you listen on. Just a line or two. Your words really do go a long way toward helping other curious listeners find their way to the show. I appreciate it. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is an original production of WYPR in Baltimore. I'm Aaron Hinkin. Stay curious, be in touch, and we'll do it again next week. The Maryland Curiosity Bureau is made possible with grant support from the Peel Center for Baltimore History and Architecture. Online at thepeelcenter.org.